Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We all talk about training our bodies until we're blue in the face, but what about our brains? Training your brain should be as important, if not more, than keeping your muscles in shape on a daily basis. Although it can also require a bit more help with reshaping mindsets and refocusing our thoughts on solutions instead of problems. I've seen many therapists over the years, and it's a practice I consider as normal as a daily visit to the gym. These days, however, it's a little more difficult with my job literally existing on different time zones and continents. With apps like BetterHelp, therapy is affordable, accessible, and convenient, as well as being completely online, which means you can have a session anywhere on earth as long as you have the time and a connection to the internet. At BetterHelp, signing up and matching with the right therapist is achieved by filling out a simple survey, and there's zero obligation to stay with the first therapist you meet. You can switch it up as often as you like. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com TSWW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-S-W-W. Diversion Audio. Rat Race got you down? Stars, the hottest, biggest in January 1983. Dustin Hoffman was wowing movie audiences in Tootsie and Down Under by Men at Work was at number one, introducing the concept of a Vegemite sandwich to bemused non-Australians everywhere. Meanwhile, over on the TV, things were about to get calm and mellow. On this canvas, you're the creator. Anything that you want, you can build here. This is your world. Your dreams come real here. Hello and welcome to the shows we watched with me, James King. And me, Emily Johnston. It's simple really, isn't it, Emily? We just celebrate great TV from the past. What are we looking at this week? Well, James, it's a show that ran for mind-blowing 403 episodes over 31 seasons. Wow. And even though it finished in the mid-90s and its host Bob Ross is sadly no longer with us, this is one show that never seems to go away. Get your easel at the ready, folks. <laughs> James, this week's show we watched is The Joy of Painting. Ah, uh, I feel like I should have done my hair <laughs> Bob Ross style. That would take quite a lot, to be honest, uh, in his honour. Um, now, for me, The Joy of Painting is something I've really only caught up with probably fairly recently, actually. I remember watching mm. it on Netflix, and it is a show that Again, to me, it feels like it's grown over the years, grown in stature, started out on PBS, but now is this phenomenon. I mean, it's I want to call it a cult phenomenon, but it's almost bigger than that. It's a mainstream phenomenon. So can we unpack, Emily, some of that longevity of the joy of painting started years ago, <laughs> but we're still talking about it. We are, but uh, can you, in your mind, think of any other man that you've watched on, te- or woman for that matter, that you've watched on television paint a painting from start to finish? I mean, it's it, not in that style. You know, other people have tried it to do it maybe a bit wacky or a bit mm. funny or a bit crazy, 
But Bob is just not that at all, is he? No. He's just completely mellow, completely cool. And that there's something so um, reassuring about that show, isn't there? Therapeutic is the word that I would use for Bob Ross. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, that we're talking about this now on the other side of a pandemic, on the other side of a, a time and space in which we are looking for comfort and real... Um, ease to glide through our days. And for me during the pandemic, while I was readjusting to life in a different place outside of London, I fell in love with the joy of painting. Wow. And I used to see my dad watch it occasionally when I was younger, because obviously I grew up in America and it was on PBS. And and I always used to think, who's this funny dude on TV? I thought you were going to say, who's this funny dude watching TV? That's your dad, Emily. Yeah, I know. I barely recognised the fact that he was actually watching that. So was he also painting? Did he follow along? No, no. I think my grandfather might have. Yeah. And I don't think that that was unusual. I think the more that I read about Bob Ross, the more that I found out that actually this was sort of a cultural phenomenon in America where so many people were picking. It's like, he was like the the J.K. Rowling of, you know, that what she did for books and kids. Yeah. He did for painting. Got kids reading and he got people painting. Yeah, I really feel like he did. But he did it because he he spoke about it in such a passionate way. I remember he said at one point, only nice people paint. And he was talking about the fact they just never met a painter that wasn't a kind soul. Yeah. And I think he convinced all of America that they were kind souls and they could paint. Right. But he did it in such a beautiful way and with such an amazing voice. And uh, uh, we're probably going to go a little bit further into yeah. where that comes from and and the name and things like that. But I really feel like this is a show that has gone from existing as a paint tutorial idea and has become such a cultural explosion to the point where I can now listen to it on my Calm app to fall asleep at night. (laughs) And does does that work? It does. Wow. When he talks about happy little trees. Oh, (laughs) I love the happy little clouds. I love those. So it started out as one thing, but it has become something else. And Mm. so, I mean, when I've watched it, I've never sat there thinking I'm ever going to paint these things. It's not about the fact that I could go and paint them. Yeah. It's about watching the process, isn't yeah. it? It's about watching a blank canvas become a work of art. And oh, yeah. That is a beautiful transition. Yeah, and an amazing one. It really, yeah. you can't... You can't belittle what he did. I think there were a lot of people that sort of made fun of that sort of style of painting. And there was a certain person that maybe had that hanging on their wall. But really, I I don't want to meet the human being that can look and see what Bob Ross has done and belittle it at all. I would like for them to do the same thing. It's just incredible. And the fact that he could take that and really say, I'm going to teach everyone to paint. And with such enthusiasm, you believed, even if you didn't sit there with your paintbrush and your canvas, I believe that when I'm watching that, I'm like, of course I could create this happy little clouds and that pleasant (laughs) little tree down there that, or I love it, you know, at the end of all the shows where all of a sudden this massive tree just comes down out of nowhere into his canvases. And you're just thinking, oh, he's just ruined the painting. And and no, he hasn't. Bob Ross has just miraculously made this thing an absolute masterpiece. So I salute him not only for his ability to make people believe that they could paint, but also for just being one of the most therapeutic television shows I've ever encountered in my life. And so going back to the longevity of the whole thing, mm. that kind of therapeutic style never goes out of fashion. That's the reason why we're still talking about it, I guess, yeah. is that he was never trying to be cool or fashionable. No. And that lasts 
because if you're never in fashion, you never go out of fashion oh, that's either. That's so true. That's so true. That said, we should talk about his fashion. <laughs> his fa- I mean, it's very simple, wasn't it? Yeah. I think I've worn that exact outfit a hundred times over. He, and I never really thought about it. And then I was watching and going, why does this feel so familiar and safe? And that's like my go-to. It's just a button-down shirt and some cool jeans. Yeah. Uh, he just is, he, he is an icon, truly an icon, which is why there's a cheetah pet <laughs> with his name on it. And I mean, the guy is everywhere, even to this day. And I suppose you become an icon. Um, well, there are many ways, obviously, but one of the great ways is just by being yourself. And yes. we always got that sense, didn't we, watching Bob Ross, that he wasn't putting on a show. No. This was the authentic guy. It's very difficult to do that. It sounds easy. Yeah. But actually just going on camera mm. and not putting on some kind of performance, that's really difficult. But he he just seemed to have that natural ability to casually and easily communicate with people. Yeah, it was amazing. And so many people that were interviewed after he sadly left left us have said that he is a true reflection of the man behind the camera, that he didn't change. Maybe his voice changed a little bit. And I love that there are um, notes everywhere of people saying that he changed his voice because he wanted to sound like a whisper to women. <laughs> um, and it was quite like a sexual thing, actually. Oh, really? Wow. And okay. not in a, not in a, like, God, that's, you have to be careful saying that these yes. days, don't you? Yeah. I mean, in a way that was like seductive. Yeah. Maybe sexual isn't the right, right word, seductive. And he wanted it to be gentle. And I'm sorry, soothing. just saying sexual and Bob Ross in the same <laughs> sentence, it's freaked me out, Emily. It seems so wrong. Oh, yeah, I mean, because he's he is the last thing you think. But actually, if you think about how gentle he is yeah. with his voice, he never has a raised voice. He's always very level and calm. And he's the guy that you want to have in an elevator with you when that stuff yeah. doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. So calm TV, slow TV. Mm. Let's talk about that because this, as you said, is a prime example of that and probably has become more popular over the last couple of years because of the chaos we saw with with the pandemic and, mm. and the, the anxiety that we all experienced through that. So he had a re- he's never really gone away, but he certainly had a renaissance because of that. He did. Um, do we think Calm TV it's still being made? It the, the, for me, Calm TV and Slow TV in a way it has to be pre-internet. It has to be old yeah. Yeah. because it was a slower pace of life then. And even though there are shows being made now that are calming, they're ju- there's just not quite as innocent as Bob Ross because almost they're being made to do that. They're calculated. Hmm. Uh, whereas Bob Ross, it was almost accidental, a happy little accident. A happy say, little accident. That, that he became the icon that he is. Mm. So there's something really lacking in any cynicism about him, isn't there? That sort of accidental quality of his fame and his stature. Whereas if, I mean, listen, I love watching... Marie Kondo shows on on Mm. Netflix and they are calming. She's very calming. What she does is all about simplifying, organizing, making people's lives better. But that's kind of why she was hired. That's the point of the show. That's what she does for a living. But you also kind of feel bad when you, well, this might just be the difference between you and me. Yeah. But I actually end up feeling bad when I watch her because I don't then go and do my organization. (laughs) And I look at her and I'm like, oh God, I'm such a failure because I'm not living this lovely life that you're providing for us all. So I don't feel that with Bob. Oh, you know, I definitely don't feel that with Bob. And I think that that as calming as she is, there Mm. is a different, it's a different type and it is it feels more and it is more calculated that's yeah. the concept of the show i guess nature shows have that 
David yeah. Attenborough shows. I was going to say David Attenborough. He has the voice, right? Yeah. He's like the American version of David Attenborough. Yeah. Except in those wildlife shows. <laughs> Did I just really do a bad thing? <laughs> I, I love how you're like, uh, yes. Yeah, except. <laughs> or the, I'm just thinking about the watching the, the wildlife shows, Planet Earth, all those kind of BBC wildlife shows. Mm. There is sometimes drama when an animal gets killed or one animal eats another animal. Right. And that can be quite distressing. Yes. So as relaxing as they are often to watch, there is some drama there. Bob Ross has no drama. Well, I find it really interesting that you've mentioned that because when you just started talking about this idea of slow television, the first yeah. thing I thought of was the British Bake Off. Oh, yeah. And the idea that for me, if I didn't have Bob Ross in existence in my head, then I'd say that the most calming thing I can watch is British Bake Off. And as you were just talking about that, I thought, actually, there's only about one-tenth of that show that's calm. The rest of it is absolute chaos. People running around, dropping cakes. Things aren't coming out of the oven on time. Everything seems to be messing up. People are stressing out. And yet, it still is one of the most calm things that I could watch. But again, I feel like it, you've just hit the nail on the head that in the world that we live in today, the calm factor has to come with some element of like competition or exactly. completion. Yeah. Whereas with Bob Ross, there is no agenda. There's just you sitting there listening to a man whisper to you about happy little trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is no competitive element and it is about the journey that he takes as much as the finished product, isn't it? Mm. I'm trying to think if there's any others. There's a show, actually there is a show on Netflix I guess it's kind of a wildlife show called Moving Art, which oh. is essentially um, beautiful landscapes and wildlife accompanied by New Age music. Okay. And there's no dialogue, there's no narration or anything like that. Yeah. And there's not even really a, a beginning, middle and end. It's just a snapshot, a 30-minute snapshot of, let's say, Tahiti or, or a beautiful okay. island somewhere. And it's really calming to watch. It's almost, it's kind of like the thing that they might have on a TV screen was, when you're sat in a doctor's <laughs> waiting room or something. I was just going to ask if that's like something you put on at dinner parties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Background. It's background. It is like wallpaper. Yeah. But actually, I was watching some yeah, recently and it, it genuinely is very calm because okay. it has no um, no agenda, it has no plot, it has no competition, it yeah. has none of those things. It's yeah. just there to wash over you. Yeah. Um, and so that's probably the only thing I can think of. Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, have you watched that? Yes, I yeah. would say that's quite calming. I think that's calming. Ultimately, it's about comedy and cars yeah. and caffeine. <laughs> so sh technically it shouldn't be calming at no, all. No, <laughs> actually, that sounds really hyper, doesn't it? But I think the way that it's the way that it plays out yeah. is is a gentle celebration of all those things. It is. It's very well, I think that's very well edited and produced. It's just beautifully shot. And uh, I, I absolutely agree that you would think it wouldn't be something calming, but actually it's, it's perfectly fine to watch and you don't feel stressed out. <laughs> um, and the only other thing I thought of, and this does go back to the... The, the idea of sort of the antiquated show, the pre-internet show, which, you know, the joy of painting is, mm. uh, is Mr. Rogers. Yes. But I guess, I mean, ultimately that's a kid's show. It is. You're not necessarily going to re-watch it as an adult. No, and I, um, I'm not sure if we'll go into this later, but I'll just briefly touch on the fact that the more I investigated Bob Ross, the person, and the, the more I found out that he actually really wanted to be the Mr. Rogers, that he really wanted to work with children. And... 
when I discovered that, I I thought, actually, I, I would have loved to have grown up with Bob Ross and not and maybe instead of Mr. Rogers, but alongside Mr. Rogers. I think he would have been such a lovely, calming influence, especially since my generation is like anxiety central. Imagine if we'd grown up with Bob Ross teaching us how to paint wow. on a Saturday. There'd be, there'd be no 90s slacker anxiety at all. Everyone no would be chilled out. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that doesn't sound so good now I think about it. I love that grunge. <laughs> Um, it's all to do with ASMR, Emily. Oh, God, Autonomous yes. Sensory Meridian Response. In other words, <laughs> it's what makes you feel warm and tingly. Mm, wow. Yeah. Even on Bob Ross's <laughs> own website, there's loads of stuff about ASMR. It's the warm and tingly sensation you get when you watch a calming TV program or experience something relaxing. Well, funny you should say that, actually, because that is a trend on TikTok at the moment. And I was noticing a lot when I was rewatching Bob Ross that you hear so much of the brush hitting the canvas. And also when he's whacking the brush on the, mm. the leg of the, the easel, there are so many sounds that run alongside his voice. And it is very much that trend of listening to what's going on in the background as well as the voice and yeah. having that be a complete picture. It's It's relaxing. <laughs> it's relaxing, isn't it? Meditative. Yes. <laughs> you are listening to the shows we watch uh, with more Bob Ross on the way. And, and we answer the big question around Bob Ross, the question everybody wants to know the answer to. Whatever happened to all those paintings that he did? There are a lot of them. I the want to know. Yeah, <laughs> the answer's coming up. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. We all talk about training our bodies until we're blue in the face, but what about our brains? Training your brain should be as important, if not more, than keeping your muscles in shape on a daily basis. Although it can also require a bit more help with reshaping mindsets and refocusing our thoughts on solutions instead of problems. I've seen many therapists over the years, and it's a practice I consider as normal as a daily visit to the gym. These days, however, it's a little more difficult with my job literally existing on different time zones and continents. With apps like BetterHelp, therapy is affordable, accessible, and convenient, as well as being completely online, which means you can have a session anywhere on earth as long as you have the time and a connection to the internet. At BetterHelp, signing up and matching with the right therapist is achieved by filling out a simple survey, and there's zero obligation to stay with the first therapist you meet. You can switch it up as often as you like. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash TSWW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash T-S-W-W. This is The Shows We Watched with me, Emily Johnston. And me, James King, talking all things Bob Ross today. Now, whatever happened to all those paintings that he did. There were thousands, estimates around 30,000 paintings. Um, and he did sell some before he became famous. But after that, he he stopped because he didn't want to make money from his art. I think he was interested in the making of art mm. rather than the financial side, the end result and getting paid loads of money for it. Uh, what he did make money from was was the supplies, the art supplies and yes. the kits and things like that, as you said earlier, encouraging people to paint. Mm. Um, 
rather than through the TV presenting or actually selling his paintings. Some of those paintings went to charity. I think there are some at PBS. I think there's actually some at the Smithsonian as well. No way. Absolutely. Oh my God, I love that. Um, Very occasionally they will come onto the open market, but essentially they're really tough to find. And the estate, Bob Ross Inc., the estate uh, which is in Virginia, has thousands but they say, we're not interested in selling them. That's not what he's about. Now, I know we're going to be talking more about sort of the business side of I'm Bob giving Ross. James the eye yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we will be talking a little bit more about that in a second. But but you're not going to get one, or it's going to be very, very difficult to get one. Let's let's move on to Bob Ross Incorporated, shall we? Because you, there's a there's, there's story behind this. And we know that Bob himself and the joy of painting itself is very chilled, it's very mm. relaxing, and because of that, it's a really optimistic and uplifting show. It is, yeah. But it's not all a happy story, is it? No, which I think we wouldn't have otherwise known um, until we discovered. <laughs> we did not, receive, we can't even take credit for this, until yeah. Netflix discovered, and mm-hmm. te- Melissa McCarthy. Um, so there is a Netflix show, and I'm going to make sure I get this title correct, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. It's a- <sighs> Yeah, I mean, just the, yeah, I was so scared. I'm not even going to lie. I saw that come up and I was like, I don't think I want to watch this. I don't want to know that one of my yeah, childhood here. We don't want bubbles burst, do we? No, no. So I was very fearful because I'd never read anything about Bob Ross other than wonderful, fantastic things. How could this man have done anything wrong? Now, dear listener, do, do never fear. He's <laughs> okay. It's fine. He's Bob still a queen. good bloke. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that he has done wrong. He is absolutely the man we all believed him to be. In fact, I think we probably all would believe that Bob wasn't in it for the money, which makes this story even harder because he is one of those pure souls that loved what he did mm. and he wanted to bring it to the masses purely for the fact that painting did something wonderful for him and he wanted to bring that to everyone that he could. And you get bad bedfellows sometimes to make your dreams happen. And I think his naivety took the better part of him. So people he worked with. Yes, yes. So the Kowalskis, am I saying that right? Um, We need to probably say alleged on all of these things. (laughs) This is what the documentary says. That's what you're you're telling us about. Yes, so the documentary that we watched basically outlines who helped him rise to fame in television and the practices in which they may or may not have undertaken to get that off the ground. And uh, no spoilers really, but just to say that well, should we say what's happened to Bob Ross Inc.? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I it's, it's big, out there. It's yeah, out okay, there. So. Okay. So, and this this is where I felt a little strange because, of course, I've been listening to Bob Ross on Calm for the past couple of weeks. And that is, well, for probably longer than that, but it's only come to my attention really, uh, you know, what this might mean. But it's owned by, it's a name that's licensed by Bob Ross Inc. Yeah. So I'm listening to a calm, which I suppose would be considered a, a podcast of sorts. And I'm assuming that the the royalties for that go back to the family that owns Bob Ross Inc., which is not Bob Ross's oh, family. Oh, okay. So Bob Ross, I don't know about his family, but he had a family. Yeah, he had a son. Um, he had a son and a brother. Okay, but they're not involved in it anymore. No, and this is where I'd say go watch the documentary because yeah. it's so there's so much. And again, we're saying all of this allegedly, but yeah. there's so much to unpack in the documentary. It's long. I mean, it's it's 
five times longer than this podcast. So I would just say, go back and watch that. But it does make you step back. It actually makes you think about all of these things, really. What happens to these legends after they leave the earth? Who owns the rights to their intellectual property? And when you go and buy your Chia Pet with the Bob Ross hair, you know, who's getting the kickback from that? Or these paintings, apparently there's only one person that can authenticate a Bob Ross painting, and it is the woman that owns the rights to... Bob Ross Inc. Right. So um, it, it, it's it's such a long-winded story, but it does put a rather bitter taste in your mouth about what has happened yeah. to the name of Bob Ross since since his passing. And of course, it was a very sad story of him dying. And um, he he never told anybody that he was dying. And and then all the, and he and he did so many seasons after he knew he had cancer. Yeah. And quite sadly, there were a few people that suggested that his cancer actually came from the cleansing spirits he was using for the brush right um because but was, isn't don't you think that that modest modesty isn't the right word is it but just that not wanting to tell people secrecy if you like yeah. is just a sign of the kind of guy that he was absolutely because uh, he uh, and actually so many people afterwards said that the reason that he didn't say anything is because he wanted to keep working until he couldn't yeah. and he didn't want anyone to feel any differently about him while he was while he was going through this so yeah, uh, yeah uh, and uh, the one when I came in I said to James did you cry at the documentary <laughs> because I cried I was yeah. so sad when he said that People wanted to come see him and he didn't want them to come see him because he had no hair. He was 85 pounds and he didn't want anyone to remember him like that. He wanted people to remember him as the, yeah. the happy painter. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a beautiful, beautiful end, but not a beautiful um, carry on from there, sadly. But we do remember him like that. We do. Yeah. We absolutely do. But it would be nice to think that his son was, who also paints and we saw paint on Bob Ross would be benefiting from that. Yeah. From his father's hard work. Going back to the Mr. Rogers um, comparison, which I, I guess is in the documentary. It is, yes. Yeah. Um, of course, there's been a documentary about Mr. Rogers as well and then a subsequent feature film with with Tom Hanks mm. playing Mr. Rogers. It's That's got to happen, hasn't it, with Bob Ross? You would think so, but who would play Bob Ross? I mean, in a way... You don't want it to be someone really famous because they would just bring something of themselves to it. In yeah. a way, it could be an unknown. Like with with Austin Butler when he played Elvis, yeah. you bring someone less well-known and then you just transform them into it. So um, Bradley Cooper's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not the obvious person I think of when I think of Bob Ross. Now you're getting back to sexual Bob Ross. And we need to forget that. It's the whisper. Yeah, we need and to Bradley forget that. And Bradley can do it in French as well. So I'm there for it. <laughs> Incidentally, there are some great um, spoofs and parodies um, of of Bob Ross, inspired by Bob Ross. A lot on the official website, actually. And so it shows you that the company are sort of very happy mm. with the fact that he is this cultural phenomenon and that people do do their own spoofs and references. Uh, just a few to mention. Uh, someone's done Bob Ross-style paintings on their nails. It's Seriously, it's amazing to watch. Wow. The effort they go to. And really, the, you, in the video, you only see one. But obviously, they've got nine others to do after that That's one. That's crazy. But it looks amazing. But it, it, I did just think that is an awful lot of effort, <laughs> as beautiful as it looks. Tiny little canvases. Um, I'm sure, Emily, you specifically will enjoy Dog Ross, The Joy of Dog Painting. What? Which is uh, uh, a dachshund, a, 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 a wiener dog. Yeah, a sausage dog. Yeah, uh, in a big curly wig, uh, painting. 
Uh, and he paints a, instead of painting a tree at the end, does a landscape. And obviously Bob used to paint trees to me. Wait, the dog is painting. Well, it looks like the dog is painting. This is not uh, an animation. This is live. But you know that there's somebody's hand just guiding the paw. This but isn't you, just yeah. some super like, it's genius not, dog. We no, it's not a genius dog. Um, uh, we talked about great dogs on a pre- previous episode, didn't we? we? Did, we were mad yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, it's not one of those. We can't stay away. Yeah, it's not one of those. Um but yeah, instead of painting a tree at the ends, like Bob often did, he paints a fire hydrant because he's a dog oh, and he loves a fire cute. hydrant. That's yeah. cute. Uh, so Dog Ross is good. And then there, there's a rap battle, uh, Bob Ross versus Pablo Picasso, which is a guy dressed as as both of them r- doing a kind of Eminem 8 Mile style rap oh battle, which is crazy, but brilliant. Are they dissing each other? They're dissing each other, okay. yeah. Um, and obviously Amazing. Pablo is quite um, animated because he's this passionate Spanish character. Yeah. And then Bob is his usual mellow self. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's what Bob would have wanted. Um, and then, of course, there's the Twitter feed. I mean, if you want more of the sort of Bob Ross goodness, just follow the official Twitter feed, which is just quotes we don't make mistakes just happy little accidents things yeah. like that you know yeah. almost like life lessons um and things that w- are taken obviously from the tv shows and he said them almost in a sort of throwaway style actually probably he did, when yeah. he was saying them but now they have become you know ingrained and 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 um taken as great life lessons from the master so well he's i actually wrote down two that i really think are such I would like to have his posters on my wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he says, we can do anything in this life we believe we can do. And he said that when he was just talking about painting something on the oh, canvas. Oh, so beautiful. And it really does, it, I genuinely believe that was mm. something that just came out. What's funny is we can only <laughs> say these quotes in a calm voice as well. We automatically... <laughs> you know, I had to like go down and whisper. <laughs> um, and then another one, we don't make mistakes, we make happy accidents. Exactly. And... I just feel like every single show you would Which come that away. in itself was a happy little accident because I'd already said that a few minutes ago. There you go. And it wasn't a mistake, Emily. It was just a happy little accident. <laughs> but it's so... And, and actually, to be if I was being a brutal businesswoman here, yeah. I would say he, it is just, my God, a, a hive of of activity that you can use there for yeah. merchandise. Yeah. T-shirts. Um, I, I saw the other day in a gift shop in North Carolina some happy little mints with Bob Ross. <laughs> and I thought, what the heck? And it was just a picture of Bob Ross holding uh, some paint and there was an easel behind him and they had little pictures of mints. And and that said, Bob, you know, it was a Bob Ross product. So I'm not sure how Bob would, would feel about that. But um, if those happy little mints make people happy, I'm sure it'd be cool. Well, exactly. That's what it's all about, isn't it? And we should point out that you are, what's your degree in? Oh, art history. There we go. <laughs> Listen, we've got an art historian uh, talking sadly, about Bob Sadly, we didn't Ross. cover the old Bob Ross. I was actually taught by a British man who yeah. I think did not think very highly of Bob Ross. So if you're listening, Professor. <laughs> oh, we're not interested in him with his cynicism, bringing the show down. We're not bothered about him. Uh, Listen, Emily, always a pleasure. See you next week. See you next week, James. If you'd like to send us an email, a voicemail, a comment, an idea for the show, or just want to say hi, our email address is theshowswewatched at gmail.com. That's theshowswewatched at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and may yours your message in a future show. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Diversion Pods. The Shows We Watched is a production of Diversion Audio. 
this season was written, researched and hosted by us, Emily Johnston and James King. Our supervising producer and sound mixer is Mark Francis, based on a concept by John Tuttle. And our head of marketing is Erica Farmer, and the original theme music is by Tyler Cash. And the shows we watched was recorded at Vox Pop Studios in London and executive produced by Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. This is the shows we watched. Oh, sorry, that's you. I've never used that. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, with me, Emily no, Johnson. I was just so used to it. Yeah. Version Audio.